The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras Podcast. Hare Krishna, everyone. You're listening to the Late Morning Program with Namras, the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. I'm super honored to have my dear friend Vrindavan Das here on the podcast. Vrindavan, thank you for joining me. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Nam, for inviting me. Yes. Uh, so as you'll know, uh, Vrindavan Prabhu is one is one of the most famous Rudanga players in our movement of ISKCON. He had met a lot of association with Ayendra Prabhu like probably one of the most who uh, you know one of the people who had the most association with him who knew him very well from ve- a very young age um and i would just love to hear about all of that i know we i know vrindavan you did an interview with jay jagannath prabhu like about 10 years ago doing Ayindra prabhu memories but i think uh now that you know some more time has elapsed some more nectar can be revealed uh about Ayindra prabhu and about your own life that's where i like to start actually um so tell us a little bit about your upbringing and uh then ultimately how you got in contact with uh Ayindra prabhu hmm okay so my upbringing so i guess i should start with my birth <laughs> born in Riverside, California, to ISKCON devotee parents by some unimaginable good fortune in uh, 1987. My mother is uh, Indian from Fiji. Her ancestors are actually from a village called Itauli near Mahavan, between Mahavan and Mohavan in Vraj. Oh, wow. Not too far from Raval, Srimati Radharani's birthplace. And my father is the ecstatic dancer, Bhaktavatar Prabhu. Amazing devotee. Oh, love him. Yeah, everyone loves him. Our late Bhuvaneshwar Prabhu used to call him the mad dancer. <laughs> He's very famous in ISKCON for his dancing. Yeah. Oh, you want to fix that? You can, yeah. You can fix it. Yeah. Is that going to be on the... Yeah, it's okay. Oh, it's fine. This is a very like laid back thing. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Go ahead and fix it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is an image uh, from uh, Ayinder Prabhu's book, uh, and this there was like a hologram. So the way you look at the the title, I mean, so the cover of the book, you can either see Krishna Leela or Gora Leela. So uh, this is what um, Vrindavan Prabhu has on the on the screen there. I thought it'd be really appropriate to have it up because yeah. Yes, definitely. Talking about Ayinder Prabhu. Yeah. And yeah, like like you were explaining, you know, he had the uh, the Gora Leela aspect and the Krishna Leela aspect of it. Yeah. There's actually two different paintings and the front covers of holograms. So this is the Gora Leela aspect. Nice. <clears throat> so uh, Bhakta Avatar Prabhu, yes. he's my father. I'm very fortunate to be his son. He's a very, you know, very empowered Avadut devotee. Very well known for his ecstatic dancing and kirtan in Iskan around the world. And uh, he uh, he brought me up nicely in Krishna consciousness. 
from a very early age, very indebted to him. We lived across the street from the San Diego Temple when I was young, maybe around four or five, six years old, just right behind the temple. We had a house there. <clears throat> it's actually not there anymore because some apartment buildings were built in the same spot. And uh, there was a Gurukul, which is now the Krishna Lounge building, the Krishna Lounge house. They call it Krishna Lounge. That's like a, a program that they have every week to, to bring in new people, newcomers, new devotees. And actually at that time in the early 90s, that was the Gurukul. There was a Gurukul there, a day school Gurukul. So I went to that. And then from ages to six, from six to eight, I was traveling all across North America to practically every single festival of India, Rathiyatra, wherever it was, wherever the festival of India was, we would go because, you know, my father likes to travel. So he took me along. So that's, that's what I did. And, uh, uh, by age seven, I'd been to practically every ISKCON temple in North America. <laughs> With the exception of a few, like right. Houston. Festival of India didn't go to Houston, so we didn't go there. Mm -hmm. uh, I hadn't gone to Hawaii, obviously, because that's not on their route. So I don't think we went to Boise, Idaho either, but uh, practically everywhere else in U.S., Canada, even some in Mexico, too. <clears throat> uh, then I had stayed in Alachua a little bit. Not not for too long, but for a little while. There was a day school run by Vishwambar's mother, Ananga Manjari Mataji. And uh, I went to that. Vishwambar himself was in it, as, as well as a bunch of other kids. That's That's where we first you know, met, I guess you could say. Our friendship goes way back from that time. Mm -hmm. I think that was around 1994, 95, something. Then in 95, from ages 8 to 10, I was in Baltimore Gurukul. There used to be a Gurukul in Baltimore. It was also okay. the, the next building over, just okay. like San Diego. But that was an ashram. Well, there, there was a day school and an ashram. I went to the ashram there for two years, stayed there. Our dear friend Amal Harinam was also there. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So we were ashram mates, you know. As what was your ages? Eight. Because you both uh, are the same. You both were born in 87, right? Right. Yeah. 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 We're both born in 87. So, yeah, right. we were the same age. Right. So, yeah, we were eight years old. He left maybe... I don't know how long after, but he, he left after some time. I was there from age 8 to 10, so he must have been maybe about 9 when he left. And uh, our friend Prashant was there too. Right. He was in the day school at the same time. Right. Uh, then from around uh, age 11, I was in... I was back in Southern California, and I ended up moving into the Laguna Beach Temple. Got really fired up. 
<clears throat> like right before I turned 12, by the mercy of Panchatattva. I don't know what happened, what kind of mercy just came, but I got so, so into chanting Japa, I started chanting minimum 48 rounds every day. <laughs> wow. You know, my father was Pujari. I would I would help him out behind. And on the days that I didn't have seva, I would just just keep getting more and more absorbed in japa. Used to chant up to 64, 108 sometimes. On Gaur Pranama Day that year, 1999, I think I chanted like 118. So that went on for a while, for like about six months or so. Do you think that was because you traveled around and were always around devotees and festivals and things? Well, I'm sure that had something to do with it, yeah. you know, because, you know, by the association of devotees, you know, it, it rubs off on you and, you know, you, sure. you get that. Yeah, please continue. Sorry. That enthusiasm for chanting the holy name, you know, mm -hmm. that plus... Yeah, basically, yeah, not just, I guess, avoiding being contaminated by anything that was going on outside in the material world. Right. Of course, you know, that that kind of like went up, took a peak for about six months and then dipped down. It, it started decreasing all the way down to eight, eight rounds. Oh, right. <laughs> and right. Yeah. Got older. Yeah, well, within about six months, yeah. Right. Or six to eight, ten months maybe, within yeah, less than a year. And then it went gradually back up to 16. Uh, but yeah, at, at that time especially, I started getting really into deity worship. Really, like, intensely. That was, like, everything for me. I was so into deity worship. And Brahminical procedures... I wanted to really get into it, you know, really like learn everything about it. Yeah. Learn how to do yagyas and you know, all those type of rabbinical things. <clears throat> and you know, my father, he was he was a pujari, but of course he was also a Harinam man. He would go out on Harinam by himself in Laguna Beach for like hours and hours a day when he wasn't on the altar. Um, but eventually we had after Laguna Beach, we we lived in LA Temple for a little bit, and then and then Berkeley finally before moving out to Vrindavan. Actually, while we were in Laguna Beach, our dear friend Tukaram Prabhu became temple president at that time. Oh wow! And he's he's still there now. <clears throat> he was there with us. He didn't have any kids then. And then Rakta came, his his first boy, a couple of years later, a few years yeah. later. And uh, yeah, he's developed the temple nicely. We moved on to Nudwarka and then uh, for a little bit and then to Berkeley. We were in the Berkeley temple. By now we're in year 2000, I'm about 13 years old. And my enthusiasm for deity worship and you know learning these type of activities has increased more and more. I used to help all the pujaris in the back, you know, making all the plates. I, I used to do practically everything except for going on the altar and doing the various services on the right. altar, you know. Right. 
Wow. <laughs> I was like super into it. You know, so the idea was we, we kind of developed this this idea, my, my father and I, that uh, I should join Bhaktivedya Purnamaraj's Gurukul in Mayapur. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that was like the place to, to go for kids right. to like really get trained up. Uh, so that was our plan. And finally, by the end of year 2000, we attempted to execute that plan. And uh, yeah, when was it? It was at the very end of year 2000. I went to India for the first time. My father, of course, had been there many times. And, you know, by now it's like I, I had heard of Ayindra Prabhu a little bit here and there. I hadn't heard too much about him, but I knew that he was the one leading, leading the kirtan on Vrindavan Mellows and right. Rajavilas. had just come out recently in 1999. Mm-hmm. It was recorded in Kartik of 98. And I remember copies floating around as early as 99. That was like the first one that was kind of like the C. I remember it on CD, like when CDs started coming right. out. Right, CD. Yeah, it was out on CD. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I remember, <clears throat> you know, Dumbledore, my friend Dumbledore from New Jersey. He, right. he, he got a new car and he's like, come in my car. And I'm going to this car. He's like, I want you to listen to this. And he put it in, he put it in the CD because CD players were like not even a thing. Like, in cars at the time so he put it in and he and you know he started playing it and there was like the laughing and all that stuff. and and it was mind-blowing that that was a mind-blowing uh, album i remember for the first time when i heard yeah, it. it was something unique right yes Indra was a very unique person yes you know so he, he was he was always you know adding that uniqueness to everything yeah <laughs> like so first they're you, laughing so you, then so he you says, knew- okay now get serious Yes. So you knew him, you knew of him, but you didn't know anything like more deep about him. You just no. knew that he was in Vrindavan. Yeah. I knew that, you know, he was doing this 24 hour kirtan in Vrindavan and he had made these cassettes. My father had spoken to him, I'd uh, spoken about him to yeah. other devotees and I had overheard, you know, like I overheard a story that he was telling someone about when he first saw Indra Prabhu. I think this was back in 1986, the, the same year that Indra Prabhu permanently moved to Vrindavan. Right, right. I think my father was there. I think it was from 86, I believe. Uh, he was saying how, you know, my father's really into Kirtan. So when he was walking towards the Krishna Balaram Mandir, the boat festival was going on. <clears throat> And he heard this really ecstatic, rip-roaring kirtan going on. And he thought, oh, this must be some Bengali devotee leading, you know, because <laughs> that's what it sounded like to him, like some, right. some Bengali devotee was leading the kirtan. But when he walked in, he saw this white-bodied devotee with, with a huge red beard and red hair, you know? And he was like, Wow. <laughs> him by surprise and yeah he he really loved his kirtan he was yeah i think he had those those big wampers 
at that time. Room. Yeah, he, he had, as my dad mentioned, that that he was playing these really huge wampers, <laughs> jumping up and down, dancing. So that was his first sight of Ayanu Prabhu. Right. So I, I had heard this and you know a few other things, but I didn't know anything much. Right. So you went from LA to Berkeley to Vrindavan. To Vrindavan. Mm-hmm. Our first stop was Vrindavan. What prompted what prompted the move to Vrindavan? Well, as I'd mentioned, you know, we had this idea that I would join the the Gurukul, oh, Bhakti Vidya right. Purnamaraj's Gurukul. Right. That was the idea. That was actually the the plan. Mm-hmm. You know, but we went to Vrindavan first, and that's when I met Ayanna Prabhu for the first time. Actually, my first sight of him was while he was leading his evening kirtan slot in the temple, and those are really very memorable times, you know, because it was just so ecstatic. You know, I was there, I, I think I was in the courtyard, and my father. He pointed him out to me. He said, see that devotee right there? That's Aindra. <clears throat> it, it was ecstatic, you know, like be- right before Sunday RT. Every- it's like a rip-roaring kirtan. Everyone's dancing. It's fired up. I also noticed because we had uh, we had seen Govinda. Govinda was our friend, basically, from when he was a brahmachari in Brooklyn Temple. Right. Before he, he moved into the ashram in Vrindavan. And became Ayanaprabhu's Murdanga player, so we saw him there too. He was he was there playing this huge, big-headed Murdanga. I had never seen anything like that before <laughs> in the West. You know, right. I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" You know, it's like, <laughs> like something like like what we would see in those. You know, like there's that one painting, that one BBT painting of Radharani Krishna and the Astasakis. One of them is one of the gopis is sitting down playing a Murdanga. The, the small head is really big. Yes, yes. So it made me think of that. Like, wow, he, he has one of those kind of Madangas, like that the Gopis play, you know, <laughs> those really big ones. Yeah. He used to get those big Murdangas, big headed Murdangas from Pankaj back in those days. Mm. So he was playing that. Aindra was singing, Aindra Prabhu. And uh, that was fired up. Later on, I'm not sure if it was the same evening or, or a different evening. Was, you know, my father had had a relationship with him so we went into his room and uh, you know we met for the first time Govinda was there oh, he was 13 14 at this time yeah not 14 yet so I still 13 mm-hmm. from a cherry and saffron you know right. straight from the Berkeley temple <laughs> <laughs> first time in India you know, it's like getting the taste getting to see what everyone was always talking about. You know. And uh, Govindo was telling Ayanapur, yeah, I remember him when he was young, when, I, when he was a little boy in Brooklyn. I used to see him there. And uh, yeah, it was nice. We, we talked a little bit. It was really laid back and casual. You know, nothing too like, you know, extraordinary, you would say. Of course, you know, the... A lot of the extraordinary experiences came later. Sure. And uh, I had asked him, I had a little, I think maybe, I don't remember whether it was a disposable camera or a, a real camera, <laughs> but I asked him if I could take a picture of his deities. I said, yeah, mm, sure. And uh, yeah, that was it. 
we were there for a little bit, and then we went to uh, we went to the Kumbh Mela because we were planning to go to the Kumbh Mela. This was supposed to be like some big Maha Kumbh Mela that happens every, you know, whatever 150 years or I don't know 500 years or something. It happened in Allahabad, so we went there. That was the the plan. Well, actually, I remember now one thing that Ainur Prabhu said when when we were in his room that time was because uh, I had never heard anything like this before either. You know, everyone was in the West, you know, everyone's all like, yeah, yeah, Kumbh Mela, yeah. It's and then, you know, my dad was talking about the glories of it and this and that, you know, back before we came. So we get there, devotees in Vrindavan are prepping for it, you know, and then we had mentioned our plans, like my father told him that we were going to Kumbh Mela next. And you know how Prabhu was, you know, about being in Vrindavan. He said, you know what? Sanatan Goswami says that anyone who leaves Vrindavan to go to another holy place, for that person, the only benefit one gets is the trouble it takes that person to get there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I never heard anything like that before, you know? So he's basically saying why are you guys going to stay here yeah he pointed it out that you know yeah he gave us a higher perspective right and of course i i had as i had later on like moved in with him in his ashram and and been there next to him for so many years of course i i kept hearing more and more of this nectar right yeah. And now was the plan still to go to Mayapur? Yeah. The plan didn't change. That was still the plan. Mm -hmm. So after Kumbh Mela, we went to Mayapur. It was Mayapur festival time anyway. So this was around February, I believe. It was February because we arrived right on Nityananda Tradishu day from Kumbh Mela to Mayapur. That was a an interesting experience because you know my father's such an avid duke right so what we did was he said okay we'll just go to the train station jump on one of the trains and that's it you know don't have to worry about getting a ticket and all this kind of stuff so it was a crazy experience <laughs> we had this one brahmachari with us his name is kavi karnapur he's from uh amsterdam And uh, yeah, it was just like the three of us, I think. And you know, my dad's just doing Harinam with his cartels practically the whole way. Some people were getting annoyed and you know, we, we didn't have a seat, so it was, it was kind of scary. Okay, where do we sit? You know, the TTs are coming, checking sometimes and you know, we would be dodging them. And, phew, it was like just <laughs> quite an experience, you know. You kind of had that uh, that how would you say it the kind of like that mood that devotees had in the 80s you know right like Kavi Chandra Maharaj was telling me recently that um, sometimes a group of devotees would they would book a hotel room and you know they would just, there would be like, you know, vans of devotees would pull up. They would just book one room for like maybe one or two people. 
but like so many would show up just they would all just stay there then in the morning they would they would just leave they wouldn't even pay the bill or anything <laughs> right but, but, yeah, that kind of thing so somehow or other it worked out we didn't get into any trouble so it, it was a relief to get there we finally got there <clears throat> uh, luckily yeah it wasn't like one of those super slow trains like the Tufan Express or something that doesn't even I, I took that you took that yeah, I took it once too 48 hours from yeah Bart, Bartaman to Matura Right, I got yeah. back to the temple. They thought like I had gotten robbed or beaten up or something. I said I hadn't showered in two days. Wow. Like dirty, like anything. Anyways, yeah. So I you, took it the other way, from Matura to Verdman. Yeah. Verdman. So we got to Mayapur, and that was still the plan to join the Gurukul. That Gurukul, because when I got there, I realized that there were two. It wasn't like there was one, and they were both teaching. You know different things like academics and Brahminical stuff. There was an academic one that was run by Vedasar Prabhu and, and Bhaktivedi Purnamaraj's Brahminical one. That's the one that I wanted to join. Yeah. And uh, when we inquired about joining it, uh, they said that actually right now it's not functioning. So since it's since it wasn't functioning at the time, um, you know, we obviously we couldn't follow that plan. So we went on the South India Safari after the Mayapur festival. Then we stayed for some time in Chennai. It was called Madras back then. Because mm. my father had, on his previous trip to India, he had met some really nice devotees there. And, you know, we went to stay at their house. He was really impressed with them. So. We were there for some time, and then around Janmashtami, um, you remember Anada? Oh yeah, of course. Right. So he was there. He was there as a pujari. Really? Yeah, he was pujari in Chennai before Vrindavan. He went to Vrindavan with us, and we all wow. we both just stayed. So this is like before Janmashtami in two thousand one. I think it was yeah, just early August, maybe around August second or something. Yeah. We took a train, just three of us, my father, Anada, and I. And we weren't necessarily planning to live in Vrindavan or to stay there. But that's what ended up happening. We were just planning to go for Janmashtami and, you know, we'll see what happens, like that, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, we ended up staying. Uh, Gopal was there. He was, you know, he had moved into the ashram maybe a year or two prior. He was all fired up in Saffron and he was encouraging us to join the Kirtan party. So we thought about it. We were actually, at first, we were staying at Mahabhagwat's ashram, the greenhouse. It's not green anymore, but back then it was green. So everyone used to call it the greenhouse. We were staying there, myself, Anada, everybody. A bunch of devotees were there. And then we moved from there into straight into Ayanar Prabhu's 24-hour Kirtan Ashram. It was kind of a casual move, you know, nothing too 
too spectacular. Just like decided, you, you hey, and your father? Both of us, yeah. Wow. Wow. We were like, yeah, okay, six hours kirtan a day. You can stay yeah. here in the ashram. There's prashad. Chalo, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so we did yeah. it. We moved in. And uh, I remember being a little, a little. Uh, I wouldn't actually say a little bit. I was very, like, out of it in one sense when mm -hmm. I first joined in terms of, like, knowing what's going on. Because Aindra, when he spoke to us, when Aindra Prabhu spoke to us, basically it was just like, okay, six hours kirtan. That, that's it. So I was thinking, okay, six hours of kirtan, I guess that means we just go anytime, whenever, you know, all right. Like, and the culmination daily should be six hours. Like, you can go like <laughs> an hour in the morning, a couple hours at noon, you know, a few hours in the evening, and, you know, as long as it's six hours. I, I didn't really understand the structure of the whole thing. Okay. Is this, is my lighting okay? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. There's a lot of sun coming through. Yeah. So, I wasn't so sure how things worked. But then I would see that, okay, some devotees are going for like, you know, three hours at a time. And you know, so I thought, okay, maybe I'll just, I'll, I, I was, I didn't know that there was this whole shift thing going on really. Yeah. So I, I thought, okay, maybe I'll just, I'll go from like 11 to two. I think it was 11 to two and five to eight. I made up my own shifts. <laughs> Andrew never told me, you know, you pick a shift or maybe, you know, okay. You know, I didn't get the the usual, let's say, introduction to the whole thing, you know, to right, the whole right, program. Of course. Yeah. Like I noticed later how other devotees would join, you know, he would sit them down in his room. He would ask me to bring him a danga. He would pick up his cartels and then he would give the cartels to that person and say, okay, play this beat. He would tell me to play like different tals, like dotal, sixtal, tintal, double. And he would see how the person could play cartels according to that. Yeah. And that, that was like the admission process. He would test you out. And, you know, of course, later when I served as the director of 24 Kirtan in later years, I also followed the same process because I saw him do that. Right. And it worked pretty well. Then he would also ask them to sing various tunes or sing different notes and see if they could follow or see what they could play on the Murdanga. I didn't get any of that. It was just like, okay, yeah, he, he plays Murdanga. Like my father had told him that yeah, he's a Murdanga player. He plays Murdanga. And, uh, so you were playing like, Murdanga like in America? That's where you started? Yeah, yeah. I'd actually been playing Murdanga since I was about six, six years old. Wow. So all these years throughout my Gurukul years and time in Laguna Beach and different yeah. places, Berkeley and all that, LA, I'd been playing Murdanga. So, you know, he knew that I was a Murdanga player and he knew my father was a dancer. Okay, you dance, he plays Murdanga. No problem. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't like ever get any explanation how the thing works. Sure. So at one point, one devotee was asking like, which shift are you on? And I was like, you know, honestly, I just go from this time to this time and this time to this time. 
and that devotee was confused because he wanted to change his shift you know and he was trying to figure it out like okay if if, if i'm there then he'll go here you know so he asked Ainur Prabhu about it Ainur Prabhu was like wait actually i don't know what shift he's on i should ask him so later on he asked me what shift are you on he, 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 <laughs> then he finally like kind of explained how the thing works you know it's like duh okay <laughs> it's obvious you know right but i was a little spaced out for those people who don't know um it's three hour shifts and you do right. two hour, two of those three hour shifts to make six hours uh yes 24 hour kirtan one to four well technically the the first one in the day one to is one to four thirty a.m yeah right a.m but basically it's one to four four to seven seven to ten ten to one like that round yeah. above. so i i i was doing 11 to 2 and 5 to 8. he asked me so which what kirtan time what shift are you doing and i said 11 to 2. and then you know he had some explanation he was explaining actually you know it, it should be you know from 10 to 1 because you know there's one group and then another group and he asked, what's your other shift? What, what's your other kirtan time? And I said, five to eight. And he goes, that's not a kirtan time. <laughs> you know. So then we decided that, you know, uh, since they were close together, I mean, you know, 10 to one was very similar. So I would do 10 to one and four to seven, because that was yeah. close to what I was doing anyway. And later on, I saw that, well, you know, everyone's doing everyone has six hours in between i have three hours in between yeah I, I eventually asked you know what was up with that you know and he said how are you gonna get the experience that's that's good that's a good thing you have two major shifts because you know the way it works is the the major shifts or the you know the fired up or you know considered to be you know really good public shifts for preaching and he would always put his best men on those shifts were 10 to 1 day, 4 to 7 evening, and 7 to 10 evening. When the most public comes. The most public. Right. <clears throat> those were the public shifts. So he would always put the best musicians on those shifts. You know, but most people, most devotees, even if they were, you know, very musically qualified and everything, they would either do seven to ten they would have everyone would have six hours in between practically in between shifts seven to ten morning and four to seven evening that was a combination most of Ayanapuru's and Murdunga players would would do that it seems you know and then uh like ten to one day and seven to ten evening right another one was like one to four afternoon and ten to one at night the, the devotees who had the least musical qualification would always be put on those shifts Right. Because Graveyard. temple's closed, yeah. You know, <laughs> nobody can can really mess see. up the kirtan. Yeah. So does right, that... yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody can watch you mess up the kirtan. <laughs> not, not exactly, but <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, that's that's how it went. But he was telling me, no, actually, this is a really good thing. You know, you have two public shifts. How are you going to get the experience otherwise? You know, go for it. Yeah. He gave me a lot of really good instruction during those first few months that I was on the Kirtan party with him. One of those was 
there was a time when I was on 10 to 1 day, obviously after I had got all that sorted out. And I was sitting there and there was another devotee, really nice devotee, who was a brahmachari <clears throat> from Ukraine. He's, he's still a really nice devotee, brahmachari. Uh, he was he was there and he was just sitting there not playing any instruments. So I thought, okay, that's that's fine. We can just sit here and sing along and not play any instruments. I thought that was totally fine because I saw him doing it. Uh, so that's what we were doing. <clears throat> and, you know, Ayinder Prabhu would always come down to check. You know, he would check things out sometimes. Like at any moment he could show up and just inspect things so he came down and uh, we were in front of Gornitai actually 10 to 1 would sit in front of Gornitai back in those days mm. kind of near Prabhupada sort of in front of Prabhupada but back a little bit towards those pillars and he was behind near the pillars and he came from behind and he started chastising us he said what are you doing don't just sit there, do something. You know, pick up some instruments and play them. And he was telling me, there's a murtanga right there. Play it. You know. So okay, I guess we, you know, started playing some instruments. And later on, upstairs, outside of his room, he explained more about why he had said that. He gave a really nice explanation for about an hour. You know, when he would talk to people, he would really go deep into it, very deeply into it, and, you know, just really try to convince you from all angles. <clears throat> and I remember this time he was explaining that, you know, kirtan means <clears throat> giving it all you got putting your full energy into this offering to Krishna. Don't be a half-baked cookie. <laughs> What's the use of a half-baked cookie or half-baked cake? You know, it's useless. <clears throat> so don't be a half-baked cookie. Be a fully-baked cookie for the pleasure of Krishna. In other words, a half-baked cookie is, is someone who you know, just kind of sits there and does what he would call, he didn't like bring up this term that particular time. He he uh, started mentioning that later on, casual kirtan. Mm. So a person who kind of sits there and doesn't really put their energy into it, their full energy, Yeah, you know, just kind of like, just, just kind of there to hang out and, you know, sit back. Sometimes, you know, you'll see people just kind of sitting against the pillar. You know. Sometimes their leg is up like this. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. It still goes on. <clears throat> yeah. But he was very much against that. And he told me that this is like being a half-baked cookie. You know, completely useless. You know, why, why would you offer something like that to Krishna? Right. Be, be the best you can for Krishna. So put your full energy into it. In kirtan, you should be putting your full energy into the kirtan, full energy into whatever instrument you're playing, 
into leading, uh, singing. I mean, you know, whether you're leading or responding, you should be singing with all your heart and, you know, loudly with, with feeling. You know, and he was explaining, you know, Sneha Samyukta Harinam Sankirtan. That's what we should be doing. Sneha with affection, Samyukta, full engagement, Harinam Sankirtan. So that that's really what you should be doing when you're down there on your ship. So I took that to heart, <clears throat> and uh, now since then, anytime I'm in the kirtan, I always I can't just sit there and not do anything. You, you remember know, that instruction from that yeah, time, right? So I, I'm I'm never instrumentless or. You know, he, he even said, if even if there's no instruments available, at least clap. Right. You have these, you know. Instruments, yeah. Yeah. Now, when you were, when you, at this time, when you had joined and it was a few months later, what was your, did you have any future plan or you were just like, I'm here indefinitely? Well, until I became his Murdanga player, that was the mood that I was kind of like there indefinitely and didn't really have a solid plan you know maybe i would you know join bhaktivedi pranamara just go cool and it starts up again or something you know. right maybe do some you know some deity worship somewhere but uh yeah things really progressed in such a way that it was like okay i'm here i'm not going anywhere <clears throat> You know, especially my relationship with him really developed more and more. You know, some some very strong attachment developed, attachment for, for the Dom. And I think uh, my initiation had something to do with that, a lot to do with that. Uh, most of what I'm talking about now happened between August and November, October, November of 2001. In mm. November of 2001, I took initiation from His Holiness Loknath Swami Maharaj. Yeah. Do you want to close yeah, that blind? You might, it might start getting in your eyes soon. Yeah, I should probably do that. Yeah, you can go and do that, yeah. Okay, give me a second. Sure, sure. What an amazing story.
How's the light now? That's good. Perfect. Good. Okay. <clears throat> so you said it was 2000 around 2001. Yeah, November of 2001 during Kartik, I took initiation in Varshana. And uh, I was 14 at this point. Wow. Um, I was, my name was, my name changed. I was Vishnu before. Mm -hmm. But uh, my Guru Maharaj gave me the name Vrindavan Das. I, I, that, that was completely unexpected. I was maybe thinking, you know, he would give some some Vishnu name, or, you know, add something, or, you know, right. like that. But I was like, wow, Vrindavan, and very simple, just, just one word, Vrindavan. <laughs> you know, not like Vrindavan Premi or yeah, Vrindavan Chandra or anything like that. Just Vrindavan. So I, I kind of, I realized later on that that was like initiation into living in Vrindavan. Because shortly after that, things really solidified there. <clears throat> and, you know, Ainder Prabhu, he was always preaching to devotees that they should stay in Vrindavan as much as they can, as much as possible. And, of course, that is also for the benefit of others. Because first, achar, then prachar, obviously, <laughs> you know. And what did Srila Prabhupada do? before coming to the west he lived in vrindavan for about 11 years you know and then you know he would he would mention different things from vrindavan mahimamrita by prabodhananda saraswati thakur different things like this there's also the uh, matra mahatmya there's different quotes from Baraha Purana and other places talking about the, the glories of being in the Dham, you know. So Ainur Prabhu was a you know a great proponent of these these things. So combination of these things kind of took effect and fructified and now had you started playing Murdanga for him yet? Not yet at this point. What happened was after that was in December of 2001, we did Bhakti Shastri actually in Mayapur. So we had left the Kirtan party for a little while. Uh, but you know, the Bhakti Shastri in those days was like around six months. It was like December of 2001 to June of 2002. But there was a break in between in April. April 2002. So we went back to Vrindavan for that break. It was like a two-week break or something. Mm -hmm. And that's when it happened. So what was going on was Govinda was Aindraprabhu's Murdanga player, like main Murdanga player at the time. And Gopal would play, you know, whenever it was needed, whenever he wasn't there or something. And, you know, he'd bring the jambe on festivals and stuff. You know? Right. <clears throat> but uh, Govinda had introduced me to basically the world of kirtan mantras. I, I mean, Murdanga mantras for kirtan, right. uh, 
finger practice. I think we went through the list of finger practice mantras really quick. And then he he showed me like the whole Tarak Brahma half speed stuff that he used to play with Aindra. They were working on an, an album that I was actually involved in later as well. And uh, yeah, so he, he, he showed me those mantras that he had learned from Master Pankaj Prabhu. And, um, you know, I, I had that relationship with him where we would play Murdanga together. And, you know, I would play Murdanga when he would sing as well. So I was, I was playing with him in Ayanda Prabhu's Kirtan in April, yeah, April of 2002, practically every day. So I was getting some experience. It was like it was Govinda and I every day. But then one day he happened to not be there for some reason. This was in the morning. Actually, Ayanda Prabhu had his fixed kirtan time in the evening before Sandhyarthi. Back then it was about 40, 45 minutes before Sandhyarthi. It gradually decreased to 30 minutes. At one point it even went to 20 minutes and then back to 30. It kind of stayed at 30 minutes before Sandhyarthi. But back then it was a little more. That was his fixed time. But he would also do mornings very often, especially after he would rest the deities. He was the best dresser of Radha Sham Sundar. He was the best. And he trained Anada up. Anada who came with us on the train from Madras, from Chennai. He ended up staying there. He joined He joined the DD department. We joined 24-hour Kirtan department. And he stayed on. He did DD worship. And gradually, Ayinder Prabhu trained him up how to dress in that same, very similar style. Yeah. That's why, like, these days, well, he's not there now anymore, but... You know, even after Ainder Prabhu had left, yeah. sometimes you would look at Radha Sham Sundar and you'd be like, wow, it's almost as if Ainder Prabhu had dressed because the style was similar. Yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about. The way they, he draped the, 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 the chadar and the right. Sham Sundar's chadar, you know? Yeah. And, you know, Radharani's, you know, the, the bottom corner of her, of her dress, how it was folded and, you know, different things like that. How yeah. they would make the garland swing in a certain right. way. Right. Quite a distinct. It's quite a distinct way of dressing. Right. And you know he was the best, so he would do it on Friday. On sorry, Saturday and Sunday. Those were his days because those were the days that the most people would come to the temple. Yeah. And festivals. So back then, you know, the whole program that we have now where there's 15 minutes of time before the Bhagavatam class in the morning and the, the Guru Puja Kirtan goes around the temple with the small Srila Prabhupada. So that, that actually started in 2003. Back then that wasn't happening. But as soon as it started, he started doing that slot, that 15 minute slot, 745 to 8. And after Bhagavatam class, like 9 to 10 or even beyond. So there, that 15-minute slot wasn't there. So he would just wait until after class, 9 o'clock, and bang, you know, he would start singing sometimes up to 10.30 through the, into the 10 to 1 shift. Right. So the shift would change and he would still be there. 
And those kirtans were pretty ecstatic. <clears throat> so it was one of those. It was actually, we had a lot less devotees usually than we do now. Right. And uh, I remember I met, I met you in 2002 there. Right. Do you have the picture of that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't have it yeah. right now, but that's a picture. You were playing Redunga. Yeah. Gopal was there, and then myself and Damodar were there. 2002, I remember. Right, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It'd be cool to show that. Yeah, it would be cool to show that. Let me find it. <laughs> yeah, see if you can find it. Yeah. I'll keep talking. Yeah, yeah go ahead. So, um, right after class, Ayinder Prabhu started singing. I ended up with the Murdanga because there was no one else. And I believe it was a Kinchana. A Kinchana Krishna was there on the Kartals. Because that was when he first joined the Kirtan party as well, around that time. He was like totally brand new to the department. And <clears throat> we started in front of Gornitai for some reason. And after a few minutes, Ayinder Prabhu turned to me and he was like, I want to be in front of Radhe Sham, or I want to see Radhe Sham, something like that. And then he slid the harmonium straight across the temple room to that same spot in the photo right there. Right. And we continued the kirtan. Is, <clears> this is from July of 2002. Yeah. I'm there playing Murdanga. Namras Prabhu is behind. <laughs> That was, a, that was my first that was my first visit by myself actually Madamalar and myself we just went by ourselves to Vrindavan and uh we just stayed there for a few months in the summertime because that's the time I had off from school and uh I was just blown away by the whole the whole thing I mean it was just un, undescribable, Amazing, right? undescribable yeah experience yeah yeah it's 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 just a a mind-blowing program the 24 yeah. kirtan and yeah. you know I was a mind-blowing devotee <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, that that's how it started. I, I so, so, that was so my so, first time. Right. So so you tell us more about that Murdanga thing. So you started uh, learning mantras. Yeah, I had learned some mantras, and you know we would play them together, Govinda and I. Um, and then one of the days Govinda wasn't there, and then he wasn't there, and yeah, this is the the morning I'm talking about where he. Oh right. He wanted to be in front of Radesham, even though we started in front of Gornita. He was like, right. I want to see Radesham. And we just slid everything across the temple and just like in one shot. Mm -hmm. Ended up right in front of Radesham in our usual spot. The kirtan went on. It was a good kirtan. First time ever playing alone with him. And uh, I guess somehow he was impressed. He, he liked what I was playing. He liked what I did. And after the kirtan, he spoke to me right in front of Radha Shamsundar, right in front of the altar where that railing is. You know, he would stand there sometimes. And uh, he spoke to me and said, you know, I'd really like if you could come back and play for me. You know, and, you know, you, you should, we should really work on developing your Murdanga play. So that was the, of course, there are a lot of other things said, but that was the, the basis of it. So I was very encouraged and inspired by this. That was like that was that was what kept me there. Of course, 
that same morning, right after that kirtan, we jumped on the Tufan Express to go back to Mayapur to finish Bhakti Shastri. Right. You know, until late June. But uh, that was that was that was it. It was like, okay, I'm gonna finish this and then come back permanently. <clears throat> now, as like a 15 year old or however old you were at that time, I'm sure there was times where he chast. Was there times where he chastised you? Yeah, yeah. You, everyone would get chastised. Tell yeah. us a little bit. To give us a little hint of that. You know, a uh, a taste. One of those stories. Well, basically, you know, when Ayinder Prabhu would chastise someone, it was, he was actually a very heavy person. I know that, you know, devotees say that yeah, he was very kind and gentle, and maybe some, some people didn't get chastised in the later years. But, you know, if, if you didn't experience that aspect of Ayinder Prabhu, then you didn't actually experience the full spectrum of his personality. <laughs> he, he was a very intense personality in a very good way i mean that was just it was just inspiring how intense he was very inspiring you know because his intensity is pure it, it's it's with pure intent you know he's a sadhu it's like you know Srila bhakti siddhanta saraswati Thakur talks about the sharp words of a sadhu right the sharp words of a sadhu <clears throat> cuts the knot of of materialism, evil, you know, what is it? I have a little something here. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur described the power of the sadhu in an essay called Search for Truth as follows. There is no doubt that the words of the sadhu possess the power of destroying the evil propensities of one's mind. And that was Ayinder Prabhu. That, those were Ayinder Prabhu's words. The sadhus in this way benefit everyone who associates with them. Yeah. You couldn't be more spot on. You know, th this is Ayinder Prabhu. There are many things which we do not disclose to the sadhu. The real sadhu makes us speak out what we keep concealed in our hearts. Wow. He then applies the knife. Wow. The very word sadhu has no meaning other than this. He stands in front of the block with the uplifted sacrificial knife in his hand. Cutting. The, sens the sensuous desires of men are like goats. <clears throat> so, you know, <clears throat> we would experience this with Ayinder Prabhu if we had some, you know, some material desires or sens yeah. sensuous desires, you know, he would raise the sacrificial knife and 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 cut cut the head of of the uh, goat of sensuous desire. Wow! <laughs> the the sadhu stands there to kill those desires by the merciful stroke of the keen edge of the sacrificial knife in the form of unpleasant language. Apparently unpleasant, supposedly unpleasant. Hmm. But actually, it's it's like nectar, you know? It's liberating. If the sadhu turns into my flatterer, then he does me harm. He does, uh, he becomes my enemy. If he gives us flattery, then we are led to the road that brings enjoyment, but no real well-being. 
So this describes Ainder Prabhu's chastisement. This is quoted in Babaji Maharaj by Karnamrita Das. Wow. And you face the brunt of that sometimes? <clears throat> yeah, not too often because I was You're young. You know, I was on his good side <laughs> most of the time. But you know, there was always someone. I, I noticed that there was always one person, usually, there was one person who was always getting the sauce. <laughs> like no matter what, you know? Right. Always, again, 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 again. I don't know if I should mention names, you know. But <laughs> don't, yeah, don't. <laughs> there's uh yeah, just I I was never one of them. Right. In fact, many times he had my back when someone was trying to you know do something or had a disagreement with me. Right. But of course, you know, yeah, there there were um times when he would correct me. I I told you one story earlier when I was just sitting in Kirtan. Of course, now it's very common. You see people doing it all the time. Yeah. But he chastised me for this and he very elaborately explained why I shouldn't do that. Why I should be doing the opposite. <clears throat> So, I mean, I've, I always try to tell other devotees, while I was attempting to run the 24-hour kirtan those few years, yeah, from 2016 to 19, um, I, I was always telling devotees, you know, that this is this is the way it should be done. I explained it to me like this, you know. Do you have, Many of do them you have, would listen. Yeah. Do you have any concerns about, like, how things will go on in the future as far as like now we are in touch with devotees who are directly associated with Ayendra Prabhu like yourself, Govinda, Gopal, etc. But as time goes on, we, you know, you devotees ha will not be here and things might, the same way devotees are concerned about how Prabhupada's movement might change after the Prabhupada disciples who are directly associated with him might uh, leave and then it, things change as things go on. Do you have concerns about that for the 24-hour kirtan? Because I, rem I remember uh, in my later years of 24-hour kirtan, or even after even I left, when I went to there, um, sometimes they wouldn't do the, you know, after everyone, if someone finishes singing, you'd keep the akandanam going, right? Right. Some devotees didn't know that. So that was like, it was like a, it was like red flag to me. Like, is, is, is what I ended up taught being, passed on was that ever a concern for you as the head of the department when you were at the time <clears throat> that was very 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 much a concern yeah so when i took on that service i felt that okay now finally you know i i can do something about this and all that experience of years being with ayinder prabhu and hearing from him how he wanted things to happen finally i can make some attempt, some humble attempt to, you know, put that into practice, at least do my best to put it into yeah. practice. And, you know, hopefully people will follow. And uh, we, we were probably able to do that to some extent, I hope. Sure. It sure. seems, you know. And uh, Govinda Prabhu is now running it. He's doing a great job. So I'm, I'm hopeful that 
that in the future, you know, devotees will, you know, devotees that really deeply love Ayinder Prabhu. There, there are so many of them that haven't met Ayinder Prabhu, but they're so inspired by Ayinder Prabhu. Yeah. You know, even though they never met him physically, but there's just so much love and just so much love for him and inspiration that they have by his kirtans and lectures that uh, I, I think the, these type of devotees, uh, if they they hear these instructions passed down, like, you know, the way that Ayana Prabhu wanted things, they'll, they'll really help. They'll really be able to help carry things on. Obviously, you know, everything gets a little distorted and wishy-washy after time in, in time. But uh, sure, sure. ultimately, we can do the best, uh, you know, whatever the best we can. And Krishna is the supreme controller. Yeah. And of course, you know, we want to serve him in the best we can in the best way possible. So, yeah, it's it, it was a great concern, of course. Now it's out of my hands, but it's it's in good hands. And I hope it stays that way. And uh, yeah, of course, all of us who had association with Ayinder Prabhu and understand the way that he wanted things to be. Yeah. We, in our lifetime, at least, we will always do the level best we can to make sure that things go on properly. Because, you know, I, I, Speaking of Akhandanam, keeping Akhandanam, Ayinder Prabhu was really heavy about that. Really? Really, yeah. That was like, whew. I mean, okay, so there's this one time, and I'm going a little bit over the, maybe not so much over the timeline. Sure, sure. We, we stopped in July, I think, of 2002. But uh, it, this was in 2003, in the summer of 2003. And Ayinder Prabhu felt that, you know, things were, things had kind of gotten a little loose on the Kirtan party. Mm. You know, things were not really, you know, kind of slackened. So he called a meeting, a 24-hour Kirtan Ishtagoshti. Of course, in more recent years, we were having them every month, you know, at the end, end of the month. But back then, there was no monthly Ishtagoshti. He would just call a meeting sometimes. So he called a meeting. It happened in in your room. You were in room ninety. Uh, the first, the first room. Yeah, yeah, the first room, room number ninety, next American, time. American room. <laughs> American room. At one point, that was the Indian room. Back back <laughs> in those days, that was the Indian room. Eighty-eight was the Russian room, okay. and they would call eighty-seven the expert room or something like that, you know. But yeah, in the uh, yeah room number ninety where he used to stay. That's where the meeting happened. He sat on the chair. We were all there. And he was just, he was, you know, just really laying it down at the top of his lungs, you know? Wow. It was just, it was tumultuous. He was just really, you know, letting off these bombs, like, about a kundanam. It, a lot of it was a, was about keeping the Akhanda Nam going. You know? And one thing he said was, what we should be doing is, Ahoy Tuki, Apratihata, 
Akanda Nam. And I thought that was really powerful, very profound, you know. For those Akanda devotees who don't know, for those devotees who don't know the practice of Akanda Nam in 24-hour kirtan, can you explain that? So Akanda means unbroken. Kanda means like sectioned sec sections. And Akanda, when you put an A before, that means no no sections, no no break. So in other words, unbroken, Akanda, non-stop, non-stop kirtan. But uh, actually it's Akanda Nam, Akanda Harinam. Right. Because, you know, even if there's another kirtan going on, like Mangalarti, Darshanarti Guru Puja, or a class, we still keep Akanda Nam going by chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra softly, usually on beads. The members of the 24-hour kirtan right. have to keep the Akanda Nam going. Right. Those who are on those shifts. So, yeah. for example, if you're on 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. in the morning, that shift. Uh, from 7 to 7.15, you do kirtan, and then 7.15, the darshan opens and there's darshanarti and then guru puja happens until about 7:45 and so from about 7:15 to 7:45 you're chanting japa usually in the in the tulsi stamba but actually ainder prabhu mentioned that you can be anywhere in the kirtan mandap which is that front section of the temple room right. from tulsi to Prabhupada, <laughs> the altar and the, those three circles those steps going down to the edge of the courtyard not like just anywhere all over the place right <clears throat> so it should be within the kirtan mandap the akanda kirtan mandap which is the front part of krishna bar mandir temple but usually we would all gather in the tulsi stumble so uh yeah it, you'll be doing japa keeping the mahamantra going and then uh once that kirtan procession leaves the temple room and goes around then you do kirtan with the instruments until eight o'clock then class starts for an hour bhavatam class at that time you'll be keeping the mahamantra going Hare krishna Hare krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare until nine o'clock and then you again do kirtan until 10 the next shift comes takes over like that that's an example of how the 7 a.m to 10 a.m shift works in the morning and when a kirtan stops, it's not like everyone just stops talking. You have to continue the yes. holy name. So right. when that person stops, whatever, however they stop, right. you Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, right. Krishna, Hare, until the next person comes to sit down. And yes. Do the In between singers. Sure, Ram sure. Rai Prabhu in New York, you know, he does that. Yes. Of course, it's not 24 hour, but, you know, he does four hour now. But, right. you know, still it's four hours of Akanda Nam. Unbroken. So, right. So in between, you'll see in between singers, he'll take, he has a little microphone himself and he'll sing Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, like that. Yeah. Just to keep yeah. the Maha Mantra going. Right. And, you know, there's different ways. We, we've sometimes we've tried different things like, you know, two harmoniums. Another, the next Kirtan leader starts playing and All right, the one stops. Yeah. So he, you know, move the mic over, but that, you know, that's not always practical. Nobody, yeah, there's so many devotees on each shift. They don't always, you know, yeah, want to follow that. It's not always so practical. Right. So at least, you know, at the very least, even if the, the kirtan doesn't 
the kirtan itself with the instruments doesn't you know overlap at the very least when the kirtan stops the shift members are to be you know chanting the maha mantra you just start chanting hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare. yeah so ending off from there 2002 fast forwarding to 2010 that's when Ayanda Prabhu left right. uh, what, can you tell us any memorable events from those eight years in the interest of time yeah yeah there, there are <clears throat> so many memorable events in fact every single day was a memorable event doing kirtan with him just itself on a daily basis was a memorable event you know Sure. But uh, there's a few things. Um, we used to record, actually, you know, after Raj Vilas, he started this new recording project. And he wanted to call it Vipralamba Nam. Uh, they had done five tracks, not completely finished. Um, one of them was with the uh, Tarak Brahma mantra program. Uh, Govinda played Murdanga on, on all of those five tracks. And uh, in 2003, we wanted to add some more. So by then, I was already his Murdanga player. I became his Murdanga player in 2002, basically, you could say in April of 2002. And then um, I got more and more and more experience in especially, well, Kartik. So Kartik of 2002, Gopal and I started playing together and uh, he he considered that to be like like the best combination that he's ever had yeah. he, he liked he liked us playing together you know how did Somehow. you both like playing because usually there's a competition sometimes that happens when you play with someone but for many years you both played together how was that it was good yeah, it was good uh, you know it, it got to a point where we both knew it was going to happen next, you know, right. like a sixth sense about stuff. Yeah, right. And that, that's how it was playing with Ayanar Prabhu too. I always noticed before I had started playing for him that whoever was his Murdanga player was like his sidekick kind of, right. you know, like his Murdanga counterpart. And, you know, he would always say Murdanga is 50% of the kirtan. So, you know, I, I really appreciated that and and hoped to be able to serve in that way. Mm. And it happened. Vrindavan is Jintamni Dham, you know. So I, I started playing for him. And uh, Gopal, Gopal did a great job. He, he really liked how Gopal played. You know, he, he plays some funky things. And, you know, he's got a lot of stamina. And, you know, he can really, you know, beat it hard. Ayanar Prabhu, he wanted heavy, you know, especially in those years. Maybe in like the 90s, 80s, there, you know, there's a lot of like mellow kirtan going on. You'll hear, you'll hear some recordings. Sure. But especially in my era, he wanted heavy kirtan, you know, to make everyone dance, mostly, mainly. There were some mellow times too, you know, that we, that we did. But mainly, you know, the daily kirtan was like meant to be a heavy kirtan. And Gopal was really good for those, especially on festivals, you know. I had more of like a, a fine touch to things, you know. And he, he had more of a, a funky style, funky right. and 
and heavy. Uh, of course, it I worked, could play. It works too. together. It, it worked, yeah. It worked really well together. And uh, you know, just that chemistry, the chemistry between uh, Ayendra Prabhu and I, and and you know, Ayendra Prabhu and Gopal. Just if one of us were not there, then you know, he would have one Mardana player. He liked, he preferred if both of us were playing together. Mm -hmm. But at least if if one of us were there, it was it was fine. If neither of us were there, it was like oh, it was it was kind of an issue. You know, someone else would have to play, and you know, he was such a perfectionist. Everything, which is great, you know, everything had to be perfect for Krishna. You'll right. you'll find that if you ever went on the altar with him, you'll you'll see that he's just like in complete like transcendental anxiety that everything has to be the best it can be. Our tendency is like, okay, I'm doing this and I have, I hope I have a little devotion and whatever's here, I try my best and kind of thing. But you're saying yeah. like he had this kind of like anxiety no. about yes. perfection. It had to be good. It, this has to be good for Krishna. Wow. No ifs, ands, or buts. Somehow or other, it has to be the best it can be. Right. So that, that was his mood in devotional service. When he would dress the deities, when he would cook his offerings, for his deities personally in his room i think we should say something about that as well sure sure and uh, you know of course when he would do kirtan as well and recordings of course recordings man i mean things you know had to be so paka and, and unique wow it was just it was an amazing experience actually recording with him mm -hmm. so he had this idea that uh you know we need to add a few more tracks half speed he wanted you know, something half speed and long, really drawn out and heavy, you know, very deep. And we we tried to create something. So we uh, we successfully, we did one, uh, one track that was about 40 minutes long with uh, a tune that he had never sang before anywhere in the temple room or anywhere there ended up being maybe twice two times when he sang it in the temple room during the night kirtan um, but yeah we did a track that was long 40 minutes and uh or no maybe that one was that one was 33 minutes another one was 40 minutes half speed dotal like 30 minutes of half speed dotal 10 minutes of six tall and uh, I remember when we were recording in his room, everything would happen in his room. He had this, at first he had this ADAT machine, eight track recorder, recorded on a video cassette tape. And the controls were simple. He liked it. You know, you could just, you know, it's just record, stop, play, rewind, fast forward. <clears throat> um, but when we were recording one time, uh, the machine ate the tape so we were on a roll this was actually 2004 we started recording different things in 2003 and throughout that time winter of 2003 still recording on that with that technology in 2004 yeah wow but because i think know, by that time mini disc had probably come out well and... yeah mds were very common we would record on md live in the temple room Right, that, right. That's what we're using for the temple room. Ramarai would do all of the lives, all those live kirtans that everyone listens to. 
those were recorded by Ram Roy on, on MD. Right. Actually, first on cassette. Some of them are on cassette. Yeah. Up to about 2002, 2003, he switched to MD. And we're using MD. Yeah. I had an MD recorder myself. One time I was I was recording and we did a really good kirtan. And for some reason, you know, like the battery died or something. And we didn't get all of it. And he was like, man, that was our new album. <laughs> <laughs> MDs were... This quality was fantastic. I yeah, mean, yeah, it was good. Like you know, external he, mic and stuff. Mm, yeah, but he would he would have this big external mic, electric <laughs> electric condenser microphone that actually Ram Roy would bring it down, and he would connect the MD recorder to that. I think that was used for Rajvilas. Rajvilas was live in the temple room, recorded wow. with that same microphone on MD, I believe, and. He used the ADAT machine in his room to add the different things on, like more response vocals, uh, dholak, um, yeah, flute, different effects. He would go around, walk around Vrindavan with his MD recorder, recording different sounds like birds, cows, like that. And those things were added on. He would play all those different instruments that you hear on the albums. That's him. He was so talented, you know? Wow. <clears throat> so yeah the the machine just ate the tape we 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 did all this work you know like a long 33 minute track and that was a very unique recording too like i i put on two murdangas two murdanga tracks one on each side i think two different pairs of cartels two different types of gong two different wampers small and big oh so you had to play over yourself again Right, yeah. Well, the first oh. thing we would do is we would create a guide track. Right. Which is just us doing kirtan, you know, the way we want. We're like building the foundation, you know. We, we would do a kirtan, record it, and kind of do it the way that, you know, the same progression that we would want the recording to go. <clears throat> and we would record that. And if it was satisfactory, we would use that as a guide. So in other words, we would listen to that while actually recording the right. real stuff. Yes. And the first thing to go on would be the murdanga. <clears throat> so I would I would play the murdanga and then play cartels and then after that he would sing, you know, just different tracks. Yeah. So yeah, we, we put a lot of work into it. He did a singing guide track. That's that's all that 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 tune has so it's not really releasable because you know it was winter in the winter his his voice would would break down and you know he would get some you know he would say mucus around his vocal cords and sometimes not be able to sing properly right so whatever he sang on that guide track was not really usable it wasn't so much anyway so basically it's just a bunch of percussion very little of Ayana Prabhu's singing in harmonium guide track and that, that's it so you can't really use it but yeah the machine ate the tape and it was like oh we had this whole momentum going it was like panchatattva installation was going to happen february 23rd of 2004 and he was like yeah we got to work on this every day for six hours until it's done so we can release it in mayapur for the panchatattva installation wow that was the plan you know so we were yeah. like on a roll and then that just completely broke our momentum oh my gosh so it stalled and you know 
the whole project stalled. And then he got a computer. That's when he got a computer. He didn't want to get a computer because, you know, he was not into those kind of things. Like, yeah. Technolo high technology and stuff. He just wasn't into it. But, you know, finally, he was convinced to get a computer. And then uh, some Russian devotees that are really good at these things, you know, they installed some software on his computer. It was Cubase for recording. So he had some earlier versions of Cubase from that time. And then we started recording again around 2005, I think, December of 2005. And uh, that's when we did that 40-minute long one. We did it in a similar way, guide track and everything, but this time on the computer. And he, he didn't like the computer, you know, because it wasn't, he was, he would complain to me sometimes. It was like, ah, oh, this is so complicated. And, you know, it's, it's not like the ADAT machine, so simple, simple controls, record, play, stop. Right. But there was always a Russian devotee there to help. Uh, for a while, it was Tamal Krishna. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know Tamal Krishna, right? Yes, yes. Tamal Krishna Prabhu from Russia. So he was there. And uh, we had a little crew. Bhagavad Purana, Kirtan Kripa. Kirtan Kripa, Malaysia. I mean, and my, I wasn't a good singer at the time. My, you know, I wasn't, I couldn't sing very well. <clears throat> I tried to improve later on, but I wasn't wasn't actually very good. But still, I was one of the responders, and so three of us we, you know, we made it sound like there was a bunch of people singing, <laughs> <laughs> just by by singing, you know, one track, the whole the whole thing, all three of us. Yeah, and then another, and then another, and then another. We did like. I think four times. And Ayinder Prabhu would, you know, during that time, he would sit with us there in the room and he was constantly correcting us how to sing the tune right. You know, even just little details, alankars, you know, the way that the tune goes. Right. Like, for example, <clears throat> it was this tune. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That one. So on the high part, like he didn't want us to do. When it goes back down, the high part, it's like Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Hare Rama Rama Hare. He didn't want us to go Hare. He wanted us to keep it straight. Hadi, Hadi. So stuff like a, that, you know. There's a video of that, I think, right? Yeah, there is some video. Yeah. video yes, of, right. Of so yeah. yeah, this is the time I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Rabu, in the interest of time, we're at the timeline of 2005 now. How do you feel about December, doing, yeah. how do you feel about doing a part two 
where we can do five to to ten and onward like because yeah, I, I'm, I'm into I that wanna, yeah i don't want to fit you in the next whatever you know it's already an hour and a half i usually go an hour and a half hour 45 sure uh, yeah i don't want to fit everything in 15 minutes and kind of rush you but um i do want to plug your um redunga teaching can you tell us a little bit about how that works uh so i have uh, he, Rindavan Prabhu has a uh, Facebook page, Study Murdanga, on Facebook. He also um, uh, can he teaches all p- kinds of people all over the world, right? Tell right. us a little bit more about that before we end. <clears throat> so I teach Murdanga on Skype. I like to use Skype, you know, because it, it's, it's different from Zoom. I know everyone likes Zoom these days, you know, but right. Skype is good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know, because everything's there. If, if you send like some Radanga mantras by text, it's, it just stays there. The whole conversation is there. With Zoom, everything disappears. Right. So I use Skype. Uh, there's different plans. Actually, I'm mainly doing groups now, group classes. Uh, these group classes are done twice a week. Each group will meet, meet twice a week for an hour. And uh, we follow this system of going through different modules. And there are six different modules. So uh, in, in module one, oh, by the way, each module goes for about two months. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little, little break maybe, and then we continue to the next module. Module one is hand practice and finger practice, hasta sadhana, like tereketa getting the foundation and then uh let's see module two in module two we start kirtan mantras like the Prabhupada beat which yeah. is known as das Piritaal, technically right. or some say das pahiratal uh people also pronounce that differently Bengali say karma karma <laughs> right so yeah. you're basically teaching there's different modules of teaching. yeah different modules module three has tihais we go there's so many different tihais you know so we right. do tihais for both of those das peritaal kehervatal godatal which is double beat module four has uh, 32 matra tihais you know that it's very popular these days everyone likes to play those right bhajanital then the longer double beats, elongated double beat. Right. So for those people um, who, who want to learn Murdanga, I think this is a fantastic opportunity. You can learn from one of the best Murdanga players, I would say, of our generation. And as you heard in his account, how long he's been playing Murdanga for, you know, almost 30 years. I mean, almost his age practically in uh, of playing Murdanga. So if you want to get in touch with uh, Vrindavan Prabhu, you can find that on Facebook uh, under the name Study Murdanga, and you can uh, get his um, email him. It, it, it's here up on the screen. Uh, yeah. VRN for our audio listeners, VRNDAVANA dot LOK at gmail.com. And then I also am going to have his uh, WhatsApp number tickering there at the bottom, plus 919557658959. Uh, you can get in touch with him there. Um, and we're going to do a part two of Vrindavan Prabhu. I think this is this was fantastic. I, I, I still want to delve more deeply into your own feelings of, uh, you know, the, from 2005, 2010, all the different things 
that happened, any milestones. As There's well a lot as, that happened. Right. And also the disappearance time. of Ayendra Prabhu. Mm. For, we haven't heard, I haven't heard anything from his very, very close associates like yourself. What was the, what was going through your head? Did you ever think that Ayendra Prabhu would leave us in this Oops. sudden, sudden way? You know, I want to hear about that uh, in our next episode. Um, but it's interesting because in in 2010, I think it was earlier in the year, I was in his room with Ram Rai Prabhu and Keshi Damana Prabhu. I right. would hang out with him a lot. And Ayanda Prabhu was saying how his chart, in his astrological chart, it says that he's going to live until uh, basically another 25 years or something like that. I forget the exact age. He was 57 when he passed away, so probably 70-something. Uh, wow. So we were kind of like, oh, okay, so we have a lot of time. Wow. <laughs> that was like just then. You know? But anyway, we can talk about that. Uh, thank yeah. you, Rinavan, for, for joining me and taking this time out. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, and we're going to do part two. Hopefully, this is released around the time of Ayanda Prabhu's um, Disappearance Festival, which is coming up on July 5th for all the devotees uh, listening, if you're hearing this in the future. Um, but um, Rinavan Prabhu, stay on. I'm just going to turn off uh, the recording there. All right, all right. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Adibo. Yeah,